Hey guys, welcome to a special episode bumper package slash plus bonus package of our podcast. Uh, we're doing a midweek recording, which is unusual because of the breaking news that's broken in the last 24 hours. And we have my co-host here, Buchi, as always. We also have uh, two special guests in the house. We'd like to talk to who are here. We have Daniel Levy here. Hello. And we have um, the special one in the house, Jose Mourinho, also here. Hello, fans. How are you doing? Jose. What is your first step for sports? Well, I have compiled a list of what I need. There you are. Jose, Jose, stop. We don't do that here. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is going to be an interesting episode. Uh, we're going to talk about the jump into the recent managerial change. We have a lot of questions. We've got a whole lot of questions this time around. And we're going to address all the questions, which definitely most of it centers around the recent change. And we'll just dive right in um, before we dive into our questions. Oh, yes, the question is a very good segue. So the first question is from Idris, friend of the show. Idris asks, is Jose Mourinho a good fit for Spurs? And can he successfully win the league or champions? It's kind of a vague question, but we address it, you know, however we want. Bucci, what do you think? Well, uh, is Jose a good fit for Spurs? Managers are a good fit for what clubs fit their profile. So it depends on what the club wants to do. When I look at Jose Moreno and look at sports, no, it's not a good fit. Jose Moreno hasn't been a good fit for clubs for a long time because a lot of clubs are not willing to spend the kind of money or do the kind of things he wants to do. Um, sports have not spent money. They've been very notorious for being spent trip, trying to eke out um, bargains. And um, they actually also need to spend or you know renew their squad because a lot of people are going... And they don't look like the club that wants to go out and spend 300, 400 to replace those players. They look like they want to go and, you know, start from buying younger players and or cheap bargains. Jose Mourinho is not really a bargain manager. He's the guy that wants to keep up. You know, he wants to spend um, 50 million on a fullback like Pep is doing. That's his biggest, that was his biggest problem at Manchester United. And so... Um, I don't think he's a good fit for sports per se, but if sports are suddenly going to start, you know, breaking the bank and start spurging money, then yeah, he's a good fit for them. Will he win the league? No. Now, one, there are two super, superior, superb clubs in England that are not going to be able to be cut up for another year or two unless something special happens. And uh, even though Jose calls himself the special one, he's no longer special. That's, that's by English football, he's no longer that special. Will he win the Champions League? Well, he needs to be very lucky. Not this season, I don't think so. Um, well, then, of course, I might be wrong, because uh, in football, anything could happen. This is a knockout competition. But, um, to be honest, in the long term, there needs to be a lot of things that have to click in sports that for him to be able to win. And that is where I don't understand what happened here, because I would have thought sports would have gone for somebody to rebuild the club versus trying to get somebody for the instant win. Maybe they panicked and um, thought that, uh, you know, they wanted to save the club because they need money now because, you know, they need to pay for that stadium. So they, they you know, panicked and decided to go get somebody who's an instant winner and went for Moreno. A lot of players are leaving sports at the end of this season. Will they resign? I don't know. But that's a, this is a big question. So, ah, no, 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 no. I don't think it's a good signing. It's not a good fit for sports. I mean, I have I'm I've never been clearer in my mind mm -hmm. about something. It's all about opinions anyway. Mm -hmm. we, we expect our opinion, but I've never been clearer about any thoughts 
I've had on my football thoughts about this decision, about the fit of Mourinho. Spurs, for five years, five years and a half, have been a club who have tried to build youth, build talent, um, buy cheap, buy cheap, have a structure. What this, you know, so yeah, Mourinho is not a good fit, just to answer, they, they, in my they, opinion. Yeah, they even refuse to break their salary, their salary wage structure, account. which is why a lot of people are leaving. And a lot of and, players um, are So out. why, what's going on? It, it it's, doesn't make sense. You know, Mourinho is the guy that buys the, you know, 100 million buy, play, player or buys the player you pay 200 and something thousand, 300 and something thousand a week Correct. kind of player. Um, so, a kind of manager. So, there's nothing about this signing that fits what Spurs is or let Spurs is supposed to become something else. His, his track record is working with ready-made players. That's been his track record for close to 20 years, close to decades. Ready-made, experienced players who he can make drive them to that that is track I'm record going, i'm going to say something quickly because i just thought about it he might you know that instant impact in my work and what i mean instant impact is that he might lift the players up because right. the, there's a the, manager bounce yeah that's bounce no but i'm not, not just the bounce you know because not just about the bounce sports that are played to the players have played to that's what i think happened the manager was tired the players were tired you know a lot of their players wanted to leave the manager you know was looking like he was burnt out the owner seems to have also become tired of what was going on. Now the players might get a leave, give give all their own before they will still leave because I think a lot of them will still leave because Levy is not gonna doesn't seem to want to pay them that money, and they might lift up and do something with the Champions League, for example. I'm not sure they'll win it or win the cup or win a trophy, but then the you know the pudding, the taste of the pudding will come out next season. Correct. That's when we'll find out what really really is happening. Correct. Because right now this is still um, Pochettino's team. That's, that's, the, that's the truth. Um, that's a good segue. Now we're talking mm-hmm. about Pochettino. Into the next question from David Inwiri. says, um, and I'll address this. He says, did Pochettino deserve to be sacked? Got them top four for several seasons and a USF Youth UEFA Champions League final. Reality is football is a, is a business. It's a results business. You are only as good as your last result. That's, that, that is the truth. However, when you look at where sports started from, and they were a perennial mid-table side for years and years. This guy came with the lowest net spend, and if I remember, lowest spend in the past five years. And it's the only team, along with Manchester City, to have finished in top four for four consecutive seasons. Cochettino literally has been a victim of his own success. And a ownership who, personally, I think don't trust him and fell for the fan fail of, oh... We are right now, we want to win without looking at everything that has been in the investment, right? That has been put into it. Pochettino did not deserve to be sacked, in my opinion. And I say this because he built this team. This is a man. And the, the reality is, it is very, very difficult to find in current football to find a modern attacking manager who is ready to work with limited funds. And play attacking football. Does he own the club? And build it. And build the, build team. the team. Does he own the club? He doesn't own the club. Okay. That's, that's absolutely the, correct. The, the guy should have left the club last year. He should have worked. Yeah. He should, should have, have worked. He should have worked. That was his fault. Just, uh, he should have left. Know. However, yeah. I think he's a victim of his own. Everybody, everybody told him to leave. Yeah. He could have gone. He, he could have gone. And that's what I feel. I'm not um, trying to. No, hold I, on. Let, let me finish yeah. my point. Okay. My thoughts. Yeah. I believe he doesn't deserve to be sacked because of where he has taken sports to and for where they were. And if you are a ownership 
and you think you should be better than where you are, the, you have to look at the root cause of the problems. The problem started from when players started asking for more money. That's when, that's when the problem started brewing. It's called from last season. They wanted more money. There's a salary wage. There's a cap that they have in Tottenham. You as a management, after what you've been through, you fired so many managers. You spent money. It's not like Tottenham. Tottenham have spent money before. They go to Pochettino. Mm -hmm. They spent money on the Harinera. They spent money on the AVB. None of this worked. They did all of that. I forgot the guy that they, that they spent money with again. What's his name? I can't remember the guy that won the 2012 uh, Carling Cup with them. The one Wandy Ramos. Ramos. They Wandy done Ramos, all of this. And they had that guy, uh, Damian Komoli. Correct. This day. But you, you, remember that, you remember they were not spending money per se because they were willing dealing. They were spending and selling. Correct. That's yes. what they were doing. Mm -hmm. So they've done all of these things. You get this guy that's pretty much made you guys in the conversation for top four. Stabilize the club. Stabilize the club. The club stopped stop being the selling club. Correct. Mm -hmm. And... You got it built these guys where you had like potential players. And within four years, Hurricane has become world class under his stewardship. Mm -hmm. Ericsson, borderline, at, in, at his peak, he was borderline considered to be a very good player. Mm -hmm. He was, was a world class player. Okay, that's mm -hmm. it. Some, some, mm -hmm. some, that's what arguably some, some school of thought like he's not. But at least at his mm -hmm. peak, he was yes. pr providing world class performances. Dele Ali, like the, uh, Toby at his peak, he did all of this. With minimal budget, if you have ownership, your conversation should be at least either, in my opinion, two things. Either you say, okay, what is the problem? How can we get rid of this problem? You work with this because I feel he has deserved to be there. His results, consider that you see the the he has he's as good as his last um, results, right? That's right. And he got them Champions League final. You work with him and see and see if you can try to reboot the squad. That's option A. Option B, at the very least, if you believe that the players are good enough. You provided money transfer you to wait to the end of season. You do either one. If by end of season this squad doesn't finish top four, and you fire him, I think that's a more reasonable approach. This approach that they've gone to, where you've you built at attacking for five and a half years, you now go to the reverse, hire a manager who is the reverse of everything you claim that you have built. I think it's a it's a very, very reactionary and a, a terrible decision. That's that's just my opinion. About the, the, if I may quickly chip in, just a quick. Um, I um I understand why they sacked him. Football clubs tend to panic a lot. They tend to panic a lot. Um, you know, Manchester United did it twice when they hired Mourinho, to, um, and then when they fired um, David Moyes. Even though David Moyes deserved to be fired, they fired David Moyes in March when. Whatever happened, the results of the season was done. It was just better to... And they didn't fire him and, for example, hire a guy who was going to be the next manager. They basically just continued. Yeah, you know, so... And the same thing happens with clubs a lot. Sometimes they bring in interim managers because they fire... I think sports might be planning to spend money in January, but I don't know if they have the money. That's sort of part of the question. Nobody knows if sports has money because people keep saying they have money, but they spend their own a lot of money. So... um, what I wanted to point out was that this problem didn't start in, um, when people started wanting money. Remember when Danny Rose said two or three years ago that we should start signing players I know. Who are all these non-entities we sign? I have to go and read and check Wikipedia for some of the players we sign. Sports players had actually said it also getting bigger and bigger, Correct. getting bigger than the club. And they were kind of staying because they, they bought into the system. And 
I think it got to that point where a lot of them stopped believing in the system as well. So there was a malaise going on at the club. You yeah. could see the he performances. Wanted to, wanted to leave. Yeah, the, the, not just I'm just I'm not talking about Rose. I'm just talking about Jerry. There was Correct. malaise at the club. The performances. What happened was they got to that peak. Not winning the Champions League broke them. It was there that they realized, look, we can do better. Some of them, you know, because how do I put it? Like this season, you can't explain the performances. You can't explain what is going on at sports. Yeah. Because for all the poor performances in the league, they're doing well in Europe, for Correct. example. Yeah. They're, you know, they're still focused there because maybe in Europe they don't feel like they're kings. Well, it's, it's like, you know, that kind of thing that happens when you've you, you've almost won the race and sometimes it's very hard to motivate yourself because yep. you don't think you will ever win it again or you think, no, I need to change, you know, managers or change clubs. So I think that's it. Um, it's a very sad day, I think. The guy deserved better. But I this agree. is the Asenwenga um, conundrum. You keep get, getting top four because that's that's what the club wants and that's the club is happy with it. And then the club suddenly realizes that, no, it's not enough. And then you get fired and somebody else comes and, it's just it. So. That's true. And that's just to cap, cap up the mm-hmm. uh, discussion. The last question from Mohamed Hussein, Hussein friend of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, he asked if Ericsson Rose, Bentogen, Toby, and those that put out, you know, contract disputes, if they will sign extensions now that Jose is in charge, or yep. if it's just about the money. And and Levy, Levy will not give. I mean, I think that's kind of a wait, straightforward answer. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Let me ask a question. Let me ask you a question that, okay. that ties into these questions. Wait. Jose was on TV, right? Correct. He was sitting by Roy Kidd. That's true. And when Roy Kidd was lambasting Aurea and Rose, and they can, he kind of agreed with them. He what did. Jose said, like, <laughs> does he like these guys? <laughs> like, has he not criticized some of them? Yeah. And how, are they, how is this going to work now? I Absolutely. Just, <laughs> For me, I... I I absolutely do not think all, at least I'm 100% sure all of them are not signing contract extensions. All of them are not signing. Unless, unless Daniel Levy becomes, uh, you know, and he's very shrewd. Correct. Yeah, unless that, then I don't know. I don't think they're yeah. signing contracts. At least half, if not all of them will leave, will leave at the end. Yeah. It, when their contract runs out, they will leave. So it let's, has nothing to let's do. see, let's see what happens in March. And um, why I say let's see what happens in March? Because, the more you think about this thing, this is a, it's, it's, a, it's, it's been a day. It's been a long day. Correct. There's been so much to think about. But there's one thing I just realized is that Spurs builds a new stadium. There's more income that's supposed to come in from that new stadium. Correct. But to, to be able to get that revenue, you're supposed to be in the Champions League. Yes. You're supposed to be in Europe. That's why if Pochettino was fired. They can't afford it. They can't afford not being in Europe. This is not just about paying the... the uh, money for the stadium. They can afford that on on um, Premier League prize money. EPL prize money will, will cover that. But what they needed to be able to maintain growth, to be able to become seven to the bigger club, that's why they actually swallowed all this heat for all these years to build that stadium, was to be able to keep up being, keep being the Champions League, maintain that extra revenue. Then they'll be able to sign bigger players and they'll, you know, main, you know get bigger, you get a bigger profile, more glamour. That was that is very key. So if by March, April they're not in Champions League, they can't afford to sign these players, and so that's, that's just the key. There's a lot of ifs here. There's a lot of uh, probabilities. Correct. So and look at it, playing another devil's advocate. Yes. What if they don't? If they don't make Champions League. This falls apart. They have to fire a manager. They're not going to fire that man. That he just paid fifteen million pounds to. <laughs> <laughs> they're not going to fire. So it, that you, you lose out on Champions League money and. You, in the end, you are not stuck with a manager you do not want to be with. 
it's a it's a catch fifth catch yeah, yeah. twenty two situation. It's it's going very interesting. So like I said, they could have a manager bounce. They could make the Champions League football. They possible. could win the cup. Something might happen. It's possible, yeah. but uh, long term, it's when when you make decisions like this. If you are Daniel Levy, you are a uh, manager, or you've been running football clubs, right? And you've told us that you're a long term decision making club. You look three four years ahead. This this. This decision of getting Mario, it could work short term, like you said, it could make Champions League. But if they do not make Champions League next year, like you said, no, if, like, hold on, listen to my point. If they don't make Champions League this year, because it's 50 50, right, right now they are behind the ball. Stop buying Daniel Levy's hype. No, no, I'm just saying, no, no, if you are Daniel Levy, that's what I'm saying. It's a hype now. Yeah. I believe it's a hype it's, now. Oh, it's lies. It's a hype yeah. because for so many years, it felt like they, are, they were. A club that oh they had planned they had because director of football of, they had Pochettino and they had director yeah. of football for yeah. Mitchell for Mitchell left yeah. first mm-hmm. the things were going well mm-hmm. you know we have a friend of the show who kept this as an example yeah. of oh things are going well in sports yeah. they have Pochettino yeah. Manchester United yeah. should not yeah, yeah. because it's a Manchester United hold on hold on let me yeah, no, no, Manchester should not get a mm-hmm. should not get a director <laughs> of football because yeah. sports are doing it now that's right now it is clear now that that was just was a victim of circumstance because now they made a very clumsy decision now and they are hiring another manager and they want to go the route of of not having a structure and let the manager let's run not, the structure. Let's not forget Daniel Levy pre-Pochettino, Daniel Levy of Daniel Komoli, Correct. Daniel Levy of Wande Ramos, Daniel yeah. Levy of AVB, yep. Daniel Levy of um, Red Nap. Correct. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, what I'm <laughs> so saying this guy, is at is some this, point... Is that, is, which of the Daniel Levy? Because when they say that he's the shrewd guy, the only thing I know Daniel Levy is shrewd about is that Daniel Levy gets his money per transfers Correct. and he spends his spent trip. All this about thing. his plans well, ahead. I don't I'm know. He's been just lucky with Pochettino. That's just what I think. That, yeah, I, that's right. I'm just saying that before then, right, the rumors that were coming out, all, all they were selling from them mm-hmm. is he liked structure. Mm-hmm. He got a director of football. Mm-hmm. He got Pochettino, like, mm. as if he was making good long-term decisions. Yes. Football-wise, that's all I'm saying. But now it looks like it's just... We don't, we're like, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, now, moving <laughs> some good questions now. Yeah. Uh, more English questions. Is the English... This is from Dr. Sakat, mm-hmm. friend of the show. His question, I actually like this question, says, is the English team actually better than the golden generation in terms of playing as a team, flexibility, adaptability? <laughs> which which are the, which golden generation? <laughs> which golden generation? That's what they call them. They call them the golden generation. You know, generation. I, know. I think he's talking about the. I want to assume yeah, the Lampard, the Lampard, Lampard Gerard. Yes. Because uh, I've seen two two uh, English teams that were great in my lifetime. The English team of ninety of ninety six to ninety eight. The English of early 90s was a little bit. Older than me, right. I saw them a bit. The okay. Gascon, Lenica team. Yeah. You know, I really didn't watch them, but that was a good English team. Then there was the English team of '96 to '98, 2000. The team of Shearer, yeah, right. David Platt, that ended with Paul Scholes, Beckham, you know, Seaman. That was a good team too. Yeah, right. Exactly. That was a good team. It was loaded. It was a very loaded it team was. too. And then there was a the team of Lampard. So. What I'm just trying to say is that when you see what I said, God, you know, I said which one because there's been so many there's good always, generations. There's always a, there's always a false dawn. And before people start saying, ah, this guy's made the last um, walk up um, semi final. The English team of '96 to '98. What I remember them very well was they made the this thing of Euros. They made the Euros semi finals, and then they got they were just a penalty shootout away from making the semi finals of the walk up in '98. So they were also a good team. 
the same. This is just like the sports equation. This is the same thing. You gotta win, and then you start calling yourself golden. That's true. You, you don't get. You don't. You don't win gold before you win the race. You win the cup. So I don't know. I don't think they are the golden generation. So they should have won the last World Cup. They, were, they had the chance. Do you think they're better than? They're not better. Special? They're not better until they win it. I, yeah. I, I agree too. Mm-hmm. I don't really see any difference. Yeah, I would think they are. If my own, my own chip to chip, I think they're even more naive. They're more naive. But you know, that they, team, there's there's really no core experience. It's just a lot of young players, you know. So it's, it's a more naive yeah. team. So yeah. yeah, I I don't think they're better. No, until they until they prove us otherwise. That's right. I agree. So real quick before we jump into deep dive into our EPL discussion, uh, who's your favorite for next year? Euros quickly. Don't, don't tell me why. Just tell me who. Euros. I will go with France. Okay. Yeah. Who's your surprise package or dark horse? My surprise package or dark horse would... Uh, this is a sentimental... I'm just saying, I'll go with Ireland. I think Ireland's my surprise package. I want them to do so well. Okay. Yeah. I, I saw yeah, that. Ireland made it? They made it? To- yeah. Okay. I, I believe they made it last weekend. Uh, I might be wrong. But yeah, they made it. I think Ireland made it. Okay. Yeah. My favorite is... You, we kind of have the same, but I think mm. it's between Belgium and France. I think so. Um, I think Belgium are ripe now. Surprise package. I can't really and dark horse. You can't really call them a dark horse, mm-hmm. <laughs> but they've been sleeping giants for so for a long time now. If you think for like over a decade, I think Italy. That's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're sleeping giants. So I think Italy will put some prizes. Okay. They have a very good team. Uh, we'll take a break. You know, before we let's take a break, then we segue into EPL. We're back from our break, and as we get back from our break, we start with a. Is this a? We start with a question about the top four race, top two race of the EPL, real quick. Also from Doctor Sakat says, is this a two-horse race? Are we considering Leicester in this? Considering what um, they have, the fact that Bernard Rogers has come close before, and Leicester have some guys who have experience of winning the EPL. Uh, I'll, I'll just say my own points real quick. I think it's a two-horse race. You can look at football two ways. You can look at the table mathematically. And when you look at mathematically, you can say, oh, Chelsea, yes, and Leicester above um, City. Or you can look at it realistically. And look at the depth of the squad. You can look at the fact that we're in November. There's Christmas games coming up. There's February. There's March. I always say this, and I always say this. I don't consider a title race, a real title race, like the crunch title race until you get to February, March. I do not see... Leicester and Chelsea being a title race when we come to match. So that's my own quick answer. I think it's a two-horse race between City and Liverpool. Mm. Butchie, what are your thoughts? <laughs> two-horse race? As a single horse. It's like a black horse and a cherry tree. Like, basically, <laughs> the, the, the horse ran past the tree and it's going further and the tree is looking... You know, the, the, the longer it goes, the tree is looking further and further and further behind. Um... There are two teams between um, City and Liverpool, and people are talking about uh, asking if they're in the title race. I don't think they're in the title race. I think City was ahead of Liverpool, and all the teams, they were at a level that, like, there was a time last season when Liverpool pressed City, and everybody thought Liverpool was going to push them and win the league. Now, why I mentioned that was that 
Liverpool City. They, they were on top. They were no, top. No, they were not points. just on top. In December. No, forget that. Forget that part. Okay. I, I, forget that part of when um, Liverpool were on top. Okay. Because when Liverpool were on top, City had like a game in hand and they had, Liverpool had to play City. Correct. So by the time City played the game in hand, beat them, it was four points gap. It wasn't too much of a gap. That's true. But what I'm trying to say was that once City beat Liverpool last season, right? There was something about City that showed us a level of City, which was like, it reminded me of the Manchester United team of 2001 yep. or the uh, Chelsea team of 2005. Basically, 17 out of 18 games. They just went, <laughs> bam, bam, and it wasn't 1-0, grinding out games. They grinded out maybe one or two or three games. Correct. They whooped people. 17 they whooped out teams. of 18 games. They whooped, like, I believe Aguero scored a, a hat-trick at Stamford Bridge kind of stuff. Like, yeah. They whooped. They were whooping left and right. And everybody, they're going to get burned out. They're going to lose this game. They're going to... Man, when you think they're about to lose it, 98 minutes, three goals. Bam, bam, bam. That was how good City was. And City had been playing like at this level from two years ago. It wasn't just last season. It was Correct. for the past two seasons. Correct. So Liverpool were coming up slowly, coming up slowly. Then last season, they kind of caught up with they City. They caught up last season. And then what happened was that Liverpool caught up with City and they didn't get better than City. Because the level City got to is that level where you don't get better than. It's what you call the peak. apex. Peak. The that top of it. You have to go back and look at, like I said, I mentioned the, the, the peak teams of the Premier League, the 2001 match, and I said 2005, um, City, uh, Chelsea, the 2009 Manchester United, those kind of teams. Now, these guys, what happened was they dropped, which sometimes happens with teams that get there. Because when you get to the top, you drop. But Liverpool is just getting there, so Liverpool is still up there. Now, why am I saying this? City and uh, Leicester City and Chelsea are not there. They're not even close. I'm, nah, this, the season is just beginning. They're just having a good run of They're games. just having a good run of games. The season, season is just beginning. When push comes to shove, Liverpool have already demonstrated that they want it now. And I'm a Manchester United fan, and this is one of the most painful things I can ever say in my life. Especially being a Manchester United fan with ties to Ireland, so, you know, ties. Basically, I have ties to the people that hit Liverpool. I literally. I'm the kind of guy that will burn my burn everything in the house if I let Liverpool win the league. And so it's very hard to admit, but <laughs> Liverpool are going to win the league. They're that good. The only team that can step up and they will not. The gap is, I think that gap has already opened up and Liverpool will not give it up this time around. It can't happen. Lightning doesn't strike twice in, in, at the same spot. So It's looking like it. It's looking mm-hmm. like it. Stranger things yeah. have happened with injuries. Yeah. Though. Yeah. I always say that stranger things have happened with injuries. Well, yeah. Two guys that happened. A major injury happens. I th- but it, it's... So these are my thoughts. It is definitely Liverpool starting to lose. At this point, it is. Nice. And City now have it all to prove. Let's see if they, if they can prove it. Because all they need to... What they need to show us now is go on like a 9-10 game winning run. That's the only way they get back into this title race. Because everything... I agree with everything you said about Liverpool. I absolutely agree. But they're going to drop points. Liverpool mm-hmm. cannot win... 15 games in a row from now. It's not going to happen. They're going to drop points. When Man they drop City points... Not win 15 games that's, so that's what I'm saying. That, this is my point. This is my point mm-hmm. I'm trying to say. When Liverpool drop points, City have to be ready. Ready in the sense that they have, have to have pulled a run. And that's when we'll know who, who... That's when we'll know if Liverpool has the mental strength to do it. Because the thing, the reality is Liverpool can drop points, 
or City will also drop points and then it's all even out. That, Ayo, that, that's, that's the reality of where we yeah. are right now. Ayo, the problem is, I think, is that City at this very moment are looking like the team... That will drop points. No, not just like the team that will drop points. There's that thing I kept learning from the masters of this game. Every time I look at all the great teams, all the teams that won, especially the teams that won the league, but the great teams, the, the indomitable teams, those teams that looked unbeatable, those teams that scared everybody away. The thing that happened was that they also had this thing about luck. You know, like the 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 time when Manchester United went on that 14-game run without conceding a goal, it wasn't just because the team was good. It was because Vidic, Ferdinand, and um, Van der Sar were in the form of their life. And they were all fit. They didn't have any injuries. They didn't that's, have any injuries. You know, that what I'm why I'm saying this is that guess what is happening? City are losing City is, players. City are losing players. They're losing key players. players, key players. Laporte. So they're losing. They need Sane. these players to come back. Correct. And Liverpool doesn't seem to be losing this. That's so true. the lock is on Liverpool's side. That's what it looks like. That's true. So unless it shifts, unless it shifts, unless we've got, and I'm not saying that it's not possible because we've seen it happen before. We've seen it happen where, you know, Asawenga overtook Manchester United when Manchester United thought they were going to win the league, and all it took was Roy Keane break his leg. Just you know, lawyer King, and then his house fell like a pack of cards. So it, it, something could happen, but it's more looking like it's um, Massey they are praying to the gods for help. Correct. Yeah. So that's just what I, I feel. Okay, that's good. that's a good way to end uh, the. Uh, just answer one of his other question. Yeah, Doctor Sakati, friend of the show. Oh, oh before I ask, address mm-hmm. this, there was a question from which we kind of talked about, right? From Ryan Murray Bruce. Mm-hmm. This, he asked who was favorites. We talked about it, but we didn't mm. give credit to Thanks, Ryan, for sending the question about favorites for next year's Euros. Last question from Dr. Sakat. As Sheffield in New Burnley, I'll answer that question very simply with two sentences. They are not just the New Burnley. They are better than, they are better than, than Burnley. They play good football. They are well-organized. A well-drilled team like Burnley. The difference is they play good football and they have more threat. They can beat you on the air with headers and set pieces. They can also beat you by putting the ball on the ground. I'm moving the ball quickly. So, yes, I think they are they are the new Burnley, but it's better. So, I call that Burnley 2.0, in my opinion. We'll end with this question, which is an interesting question about uh, from Mohamed Hussein about the unification of Dutch and Belgian league <laughs> last month. That was recently chalked off, saying it's not possible in the near future. He's trying to find out, should he be unified? And also... The Scottish League, should the Scottish League join the EPL or the Welsh League? They already have two of their clubs in the EPL, Swansea, I can't remember the other one. And should Northern Ireland join forming a British Premier League? Bucci, that's, that's, that's your question. Give us a quick summary answer. And okay, we'll under the show. Um, the, the unification of both four leagues, you know, the two on each way, Scotland and EPL, the SPL and the EPL makes sense. For the sentimentals, it makes sense. The unification of the, the Dutch and the Belgian league also makes sense. But when you, when I try to analyze it, I'll say yes and no. Yes to the Dutch league merging with the Belgian league. The Belgium is that little kid who's stuck between two big, bigger guys. On one side is France. The, they speak the same language with, but the league's m- much bigger, more established, and they keep sucking all the best stars out of Belgium. Correct. On the other side is a much advanced, also bigger Dutch league, which also takes a lot of players out of the Belgian league. And um, the problem that has happened is that it 
it seems like um for, for logistic reasons, um, it seems it's easier to travel from Belgium. It's, it's almost as easy to travel from, by the way, from um, Belgium to France, but it's easier to travel from Belgium to Netherlands because Netherlands is a bit smaller and flatter. And, you know, but whereas France is much bigger than Netherlands, that's one. And they have a bigger league. It's more, much advanced compared to those other two countries. So a marriage of convenience might really be great for Holland and Belgium because the Bel- the Dutch league is not what it used to be in the 90s. It's, it's really, really fallen, even though it's rising again. Correct. And then, of course, um, Belgium is you know seems to be just be spitting out stars like or you know f- future stars. Correct. So that would be now logistically Scotland and England. Uh. Uh-uh. Why? It's because the Scottish and the English people are very, very distinct. It will cost for my, for my non-Nigerian listeners. Uh-uh, means no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so he's going. He, you know, like it, it's like one of those things. The, the average Scottish man is so proud that this idea is hardly ever mentioned by Scottish people. Correct. And I'm not sure English people too mention. It's just the media. You know, media guys. Media circles, yeah, yeah, you know, media they, they want to mention it all the time. The average. Like, how many times have you ever heard Brendan Rogers, um, Ra- uh, Graham Sooners, Roy, uh, what's, what's his name, uh, As Ferguson, mention this kind of stuff? These guys, the Scottish people are very proud. And why I mention that is they are the kind of people that felt like England, English people take all everything that's theirs. The English people have taken their glory and, you know, and they, they even don't want to be part of England anymore. They don't want to be part of Britain anymore if they could. So now you're not trying to force the two of them together. And then what were you going to call the league? British League? <laughs> and then when there's no Scottish champion for the next 10 years? What was Scottish? You know, like, <laughs> these are the political ramifications of these things. And then I'm telling you, the next thing you see, they'll start splitting the league again. So the Scottish would rather have a Scottish champion. They'd rather rebuild their own league. They'd rather go through the pain. Okay. And the thing is that the Scottish economy is growing again. So, you know, I think it, that's not a great idea. Okay. Uh, mm. Good thoughts. Good thoughts. Uh, we're going to end quickly. Before we go, before we go, I'm going to show you mm-hmm. a curve. Not a curveball, mm-hmm. but some type of curve. 15, 15 second trivia. Mm-hmm. As a, since you are, mm-hmm. I mean, you're representing your club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're neutral. It doesn't matter. It's mm-hmm. just a, an English Premier League trivia. Mm-hmm. Who has had more red cards? Mm-hmm. One matter. Mm-hmm. Just simple mm-hmm. trivia. Mm-hmm. Or Marcos Rojo. Ah, come on. Marcos Rojo. <laughs> Wrong. Wamata has had one red card for Manchester United. Oh, I thought it was in their career. No, English Premier League. Uh, English Premier League. Wow. Rowe has had zero red cards despite his regular two-footed tackles so, in the Premier League. Zero red cards. <laughs> That's a fun fact. Hey guys, we had to show with our fun fact for the show. <laughs> and ladies, we just have to do a quick shout out for David Beer. You know, we, um, we can I and Pochettino? Can I, and Pochettino. can I say this? Can I say this? Wish him all the best in his career. Before we do that, there's something I have to say about David Villa because uh, I'm not shouting him out. I'm going to take a minute and just say that um, in my lifetime, I've seen great players. Uh, I've seen them on TV, seen a few live. Um, we, as fans, we tend to fantasize about the greatest ever. You know, he won this, he did that, he did that. But weirdly, this is a striker that actually won it all. 
did it all. Correct. World Cup, Euros, Pichichi, League title, Champions League title. He did it all. Scored one of the best goals ever against one of the greatest goalkeepers ever. And he, he you know, that strike was amazing. And so why I wanted to say that was because um, David Villa made football sweet to watch. He was one of the greats. He was one of the heroes. And um, I wish him all the best. And uh, I also wish Pochettino all the best. Uh, I hope he finds a good club. Yep. We love uh, you, Poch. You deserve, you're going to get You love club. him. <laughs> you uh, love him. I'll speak for myself. I love you, Poch. Yeah. You deserve, you deserve I, better. I, I love you, Davy. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I do every time, our regular house cleaning, follow us on all our social media platforms. Um, Facebook, Twitter, at Putty at Fantasy. Facebook, YouTube, Putty Fantasy, Instagram, on our uh, Spotify and iTunes, the Putty Fantasy Podcast. Thank you.